Hi, ladies. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and for the positive feedback that I have received so far. I really want this podcast to be a success, so I am asking you to help me out. Please share my link on your social network platforms and subscribe and write a review on whichever podcast platform that you listen to me on. I'm going to provide you with an incentive for the next month. For those of you who write a review and share my link on your social media by February 28th, 2021, I will enter you into a drawing for your choice of one of the journals from my website, uniqueblackgifts.com. There will be five winners. Make sure to tag Flippin' the Script on your social media or take a screenshot and post it on my Instagram or Facebook page. You will receive an entry for each post you make. So the more you post, the more likely you will win. Thank you in advance for your participation. Your support means so much to me. Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color, helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Living abroad is something that perhaps some of you may have considered. It may not have ever been a consideration for others of you. Today, I am going to share with you some of the benefits of living abroad. Some of these benefits are tangible, others are intangible. For me, it has been an amazing opportunity for me to be able to reinvent myself and to live the life that I had only dreamed of previously. I hope that this will help you to take the leap. Let's get to it. I am not where you want to be Trying to navigate life but it's hard to see I am struggling to make a change We're coming to me now is the perfect chance With flipping the script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face With flipping the script conquer every day We're helping you find your happy place As I have mentioned before One of the main reasons that I decided to move abroad is to have more time and more money to travel. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage women to take the steps for change and to see different options available to you in changing the course of your lives if you desire to, in order to maximize what it is that you get out of this thing called life. So today, I would like to share with you how living abroad has helped me to make this happen. Now, as a disclaimer, these things are my experiences, but also the experience of a lot of other expats that I have spoken with. However, each experience is different. Also, my perspective is one of an African-American woman living in the Middle East. So benefits may vary depending on where you live and which country you are from. First of all, I want to talk to you about the intangibles. I know you guys want to hear about the tangible things, but the intangibles have been just as valuable to me as the tangibles. 
So the first intangible that I'll talk about is that you have the opportunity to learn a new culture and meet people from various countries. And I know a lot of you may be world travelers, and you do get that experience when you're traveling as well. But when you're able to truly immerse yourself into a culture, that's when you really get to learn that culture. You get to learn the people. You get to learn their habits. You just have far more exposure. And so I have had that opportunity now living in first Qatar and Saudi Arabia. And I'll tell you, I thought that the countries would be similar. I had more of a culture shock moving from Qatar to Saudi Arabia than I did moving from the United States to Qatar, believe it or not. So there are differences. You cannot classify them all as the same. And I would not have learned that had I not moved from one Middle East country to the next. They're right next door to each other. I really thought that it would be pretty much the same. I knew there would be some differences between the two, but not as different as what I expect or as what I had have experienced. So um, one of the things that I have really liked about living here in Saudi Arabia is that prior to COVID-19 especially, they are in the middle of a lot of transition in this country. And to be able to see it firsthand is an experience that I would not have imagined that I would have been able to have. For example, women here have just been able to have the opportunity to drive, I think, the last three years. So that is something new to this country. One of the things that I made sure to do when I moved here was to get my driver's license. So I have my driver's license, even though I haven't been driving here yet. I just haven't really found the need to. I have a driver that will take me wherever I need to go. He's not my private driver, but he's a driver that I can contact whenever I need transportation. We also have Uber here. It definitely has been a lifestyle change for me because I have never depended on anyone for my transportation needs in the past. I have always owned a car, which I also had in Qatar. So I had my own car in Qatar. So this experience in Saudi has been completely different for me, but I made sure to get my driver's license because I wanted to at least have that souvenir, if nothing else, because it's very symbolic. So that was one of the changes that I experienced here. Also, they were just starting to really open up the country for tourism when I moved here. It's one of the initiatives that they're really starting to focus on. They have a 2030 vision And tourism is a big piece of that. So they're starting to open up the country for tourists. There's a tourist visa that people can obtain now that wasn't available before. And so that you could come and explore Saudi. There were concerts that I attended. They were starting to have professional sporting events that were coming here. So really starting to open up. And so really disappointing, really with COVID-19, pretty much shutting that all down again. But it will come back. This experience I would not have had in the United States. And you take a lot of these things for granted in the U.S. So being able to see it in new eyes has really been enlightening for me. Plus, it's really a melting pot here. So people from all kinds of other countries are here. 
you get to meet people from any country you name. There's somebody probably here from that country. So this is exposure that I wouldn't have had in the United States in my day-to-day life. Attending an event at the German embassy, attending an event at the Kenyan embassy. And it's not just attending embassy events where I might be able to meet people from other countries, but as I said, in my day-to-day life, other nationalities that I work with at my university. There are far more exposure to experiencing having friendships with people from other countries that I would not have had in the United States as well. Also, you have the opportunity to see your home country from the outside in. We have pride from whatever country you're from. You have your national pride, which you should have. And you always think that your country is the best, right? But if you live abroad, then you get to see it from a different perspective. You get to see how others see your country. And you realize that you are a representative of your country as well. So you have to hold yourself to that accountability which you don't have to have that pressure, I guess you could call it, in the United States. I don't see it as a negative at all. And as a matter of fact, I have always had a very open reception to being an American. So I have not experienced anything negative as far as being an an American when I'm abroad and in the Middle East. So any perceptions that people may have had of that is not true. They really do embrace Americans. Also, I have now more of a global awareness. When you live in the United States, you get really caught up in just what's going on in the U.S. I think that it takes a little bit of extra effort to really understand what's going on in the world. So now the focus isn't always on the United States now when I take a look at media and news coverage and things like that. And plus now that I have more of an awareness of what's going on, I kind of seek that out more as well. I'm not so caught up in just what's going on in the United States. I will say that United States coverage is a predominant part of still media coverage globally, but there's a lot of opportunities as well to have exposure to news that does not involve the United States as well. So just having more of a global awareness of what's going on. Also, living and working here I have the opportunity to make a big impact on a developing country, being able to influence some of the future leaders in this country is something that's rewarding for me. With this 2030 vision that I mentioned that we have here in Saudi Arabia, one of the initiatives is to increase the number of women in the workforce and women leadership. Well, I teach at a university on the women's campus. And so I'm able to have a part of that growth within this country, which I take as an honor. Any influence that I can positively give then for me is something that I really cherish. Also, I have a complete feeling of safety here. I do not feel threatened. I can walk around at night without feeling, you know, any sort of fear of being attacked. Not saying that things don't happen here, but I don't have to have that heightened level of awareness that I do in the United States. I have done things when I lived in Qatar, I would leave my car unlocked. 
I would leave valuables in the car. Sometimes you would lose a valuable and it actually gets returned back to you. So if you lose your phone or, you know, I would see people with their laptops and things like that laying around, purses just laying around and no one is touching it. You know, that isn't a feeling that you can have in the United States because most likely that item is going to be gone when you return back to it. Definitely, I feel far more safe here than I did in the United States, which also gives me a peace of mind. So I am not as anxious here, more relaxed. There are some things that give me anxiety, I, uh, you know, truthfully. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make it all glorious, but generally absolutely have a complete feeling of safety here. I don't feel any sort of threat with law enforcement that I might feel in the United States as well. That also is a relief that I have found speaking with other African-Americans that live abroad, especially those with children, that they don't have to have that fear of their children having some sort of a negative confrontation with law enforcement. So that's another peace of mind that we have living here. Another intangible, being able to leave the distractions that you may have had at home that have inhibited you from moving forward. You can leave those distractions where they are. You could come and be able to focus then on yourself or whatever it is that it you wanted to work on to improve yourself. If it's a career improvement or some sort of a craft that you want to work on, if you leave those distractions that you have at home, then you're able to better hone in on those things that you want to do to improve yourself. With that then is the ability to reinvent yourself. When you start over, it's like a clean slate when you move to another country. You can also do that in the United States, of course. But absolutely, if you move outside of your norm, the environment that you're used to, then it helps you to be able to embrace parts of you that you might not have even known that you've had within yourself. So you get to learn a lot about yourself when you live abroad on who you really are and who you want to be, the type of person you want to be and how you want to portray yourself. This is an opportunity to be able to do that or just be your own authentic self for once. You may have been putting on all kinds of airs in the United States that you don't have to do when you move abroad. You are who you are and people will accept you for who you are. Of course, those are some of the intangibles. I'll go ahead and get into some of these tangibles because I know you guys want to know about what are some of the tangible benefits of living abroad. First thing, your salary. I'm not going to go into any specifics as far as salary because it will vary. It will vary, of course, depending on your background, your experience, and where you live. So there's going to be a lot of variance there. But what I will say is it is very possible for you to have at least the amount of salary that you had in the United States and very likely more. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the benefits, even if your salary is technically less or even the same as you had in the United States, there is a complete package of benefits that come with being someone from abroad, you know, from another country that you will be able to take advantage of. So 
Let's say your salary is the same. Here are some of the differences. As an American, your income is taxable. We all know that. Taxes are something in the United States that you cannot avoid. However, if you meet certain qualifications, you may be entitled to the foreign earned income tax exclusion from your United States taxes. That means any of the salary that you earn while living abroad can be tax-free. There is a cap on it. For the tax year 2020, the cap was $107,600 per person. Salary up to $107,600 if you meet the requirements for foreign earned income tax exclusion, which your tax professional can share with you, your first $107,000 of salary is excluded from taxes in the United States, from federal tax. State income tax, I think you might still have to pay state income tax. I actually came from the state of Texas, which did not have state income tax, so I don't have to worry about filing state income tax now abroad. Now, I mentioned that's $107,600 per person. So if you are a couple, each of you get that exclusion from your income. Again, you have to talk to your tax professional about that. But back to my point, if your salary is the same as your salary in the United States, you're saving money automatically just from not having to pay tax on at least that first $107,000. Okay. Next benefit is that you will more than likely receive some sort of a housing allowance or free housing. In the United States, not only does your salary take taxes, you also have to pay, of course, for your housing expenses. In my experience living abroad, my housing has always been provided for me. I also have had the option of taking a housing allowance if I didn't want to live in the housing that was provided for me. However, the housing that has been provided for me has ended up being acceptable. I live in the housing that has been provided for me by my employer. Included in my housing has been my utilities. So not only do I not pay any housing expense, I also do not pay for the utilities in my housing except for Wi-Fi. And that could vary as well. Some housing includes Wi-Fi. So I do have to pay for my own Wi-Fi. I think that's my only housing expense that I have, of course, besides having to pay somebody to come and clean it for me as well. But yes, I will eventually give you guys a tour of where I live now. But I actually have a sizable, nice size housing. I live in an area in Riyadh that is considered as desirable. And it's in the diplomatic quarter, which is where all of the embassies are located. Most embassies are located. So it's a very highly secured area and kind of a hangout place now, unfortunately. Fortunately, but unfortunately, for now, local people like to come and hang out as well. There's some restaurants here, and it also has turned into a hangout place for young people, young Saudis, which is kind of new here as well. I am not as annoyed by it as some of my neighbors when they come and they're just hanging out because I am all for young people just being able to have a good time and express themselves. They don't get too rowdy, so it's okay. 
So anyway, my housing, I don't know what the square footage is for this place. If I had to guess, I don't know, I would say maybe 1,500 square feet or something, maybe. I have a living room, dining room, family room, kitchen, of course, and a half bath on my lower level. Then I go upstairs and I have two bedrooms and two bathrooms there. A bonus is that I have a full-size American washer and dryer, which is not usual. So I love that. And then I actually have a top deck. So I have a private rooftop deck as well. That is my own private space. And I've turned that into a nice little living area up there. Fortunately, during the quarantine period that we have had, I have had plenty of outdoor space. Oh, and I also have a patio downstairs also off of my family room. So I have a downstairs patio and then I have an upstairs roof deck that are all my own private outdoor space. So it has made it very livable here then at least since I've been spending a lot of time at home living and working at home right now. So housing is provided. In addition to that, you will possibly receive a transportation allowance. Transportation allowance for you to be able, if you have to, pay for transportation to and from work or your own personal transportation to go shopping and things like that. My current employer actually provides us, when we were going on campus, they provided transportation for us to and from campus. And then on Saturdays, they provided a bus that would take us shopping. They did provide transportation for us in addition to the transportation allowance. When I was in Qatar, I received a transportation allowance as well, which covered my car payment. So I purchased a vehicle and the transportation allowance was enough to pay for my car. I basically was able to have, I don't know, you want to call it a free car. Yes, transportation allowance is something also that could be included in your package. Other benefits, health insurance coverage is paid by your employer. So I do not contribute to my health insurance at all. I do have to pay a copay when I go to the doctor, but it's pretty minimal. In Qatar, my copayment was the equivalent of maybe eight US dollars. Here with the coverage I have, it is higher, but generally outside of that copayment, there's not a lot of out of pocket. You may or may not have to pay for prescriptions that you have. I have not had to pay for any sort of lab work. You save money on the health insurance as well. I haven't had any sort of major medical issues here yet, fortunately, thank God. And I won't say yet. I haven't had any. I don't know about, you know, hospitalization and things like that. However, I have had friends that have had to be hospitalized and they have had to pay minimal, if anything, toward the hospitalization. So I do know that whatever the coverage is, it is better than any coverage that I would have received in the United States. And I don't have to pay for the insurance coverage, which also does include dental and eye coverage as well. So I have taken advantage of those benefits. And For my eyewear, I may not have had to pay out of pocket, but I ended up getting some designer frames, which cost a little bit more than my allowance. And then I also have prescription sunglasses, which are excluded under the policy. So I had to pay for those. 
And then for dental, out of pocket for any major dental work that you have to have. So you will have to pay toward that. But generally, any sort of major medical expenses you need are not going to cost you a lot of money out of pocket. Also a benefit. This is a huge one. You get a lot of vacation time here compared to what you would get in the United States. Paid vacation. Minimum from what I have seen is at least 30 days. Most people get more vacation than that per year. Since I'm in education and I'm faculty, I usually get at least two months of vacation a year. It has been also up to three months of vacation a year, depending on, well, usually it is closer to three months because I get two months off during the summer, plus I get holidays off throughout the school year. So we have a midterm break in between our two semesters. I get two weeks off for that. And that will vary. So when I was in Qatar, our midterm break was actually three weeks. So it was a three-week break in between semesters. And one week of spring break then would be in the spring semester as well. Now, I do live in a Muslim country. Ramadan we have every year, and it is not the same every year. So it moves depending on the calendar. And so um, depending on where Ramadan lands, there's a holiday that immediately follows Ramadan called Eid. So we do get an Eid break. This year, our eat break will be for two weeks. So I will have my two-week eat break in addition to the two months that I will have off over the summer, in addition to the two weeks that I had off in between my semesters. And then we also have a national holiday as well, which is, well, it depends. Usually it's at least one day, but if it falls on a Monday, then we will probably have Sunday and Monday off. Our work week here is Sunday through Thursday. If the holiday is on a, on a Monday, we'll probably have Sunday and Monday off. So you can have two days off for the holiday. It depends on what the king declares. If he says everybody gets the week off for the holiday, everybody would have the week off for the holiday. Usually it's one or two days. That alone is a lot more vacation than I would have ever received in the United States. I had a lot of vacation with my last employer before I moved abroad. And I had five weeks total. So I had four weeks of vacation based on my position. And then as a benefit from that company, I was allowed to purchase a fifth week, which of course I took advantage of because I like to travel so much. So I would take, I purchased the fifth week. So I had five weeks of vacation moving abroad already. And now I have more than twice that as paid vacation off. So that's a big, big thing for me. That was a huge motivator for me. Okay. In addition to that, I feel like I have a more balanced work schedule. Here, there's more of an appreciation for family time. So people, when they leave for work, they're done. And they don't have a problem with leaving at three o'clock or whatever the time is. Unlike in the United States, when you have that pressure all the time to work overtime and to stay at work all the time. Here, it's more, you know, go home, spend time with your family. And of course, this again may vary. I do know some people that live abroad that do work extended hours. So that's not going to be standard. 
I will say those extended hours are usually worked by people that work from European or American companies. So those companies then, you know, their values are going to extend, but even not so, not as much to the extent even here as it would be in the United States. But I think generally people will take the downtime here that you don't necessarily get in the United States. Okay. Other benefits. Oh, I don't have any children. Actually, I don't have any family with me, but your benefits also extend to your family. If your employer has offers you a contract which includes family benefits, some contracts are specific. You only will get single benefits for a single person. But you can, and most, uh, most contracts that I see will give the family allowance. Any of these benefits that you have, your family is entitled to as well. So your housing will accommodate the size family you have. Sometimes they will cap it, you know, up to four family members. They will only pay for you, a spouse, and two children, or they might say up to three children. I've seen up to four children. Now, where this makes a difference is that one of the benefits also is tuition allowance. So more than likely, as an expat, you will place your child in one of the international schools. So those are private schools. You have to pay tuition. Well, your employer will give you an allowance to help pay for tuition. Sometimes it's more significant than others. Again, it depends on the employer. It may be enough to cover the tuition. From what I understand, speaking to people, it usually is not enough to cover the full tuition, but at least it's something to go toward the tuition expenses for your children. So that's another benefit. Also, your health insurance coverage would extend to your family members as well. Another benefit that you receive are flight benefits to go home. So every year, my employer will pay for my airline ticket when I go visit home. So they will either pay for your ticket or give you the money, which is an equivalent for the ticket purchase. And you can use the money and go wherever you would like. So if you have a family they will pay for the tickets for each of your family members. Again, there may be a cap on how many family members they will pay for. Uh, another uh, benefit that you may have are relocation funds. So they may pay for some of your relocation expenses coming in and moving out of the country. That is contract dependence as well. So each company will be different, each organization my employer in Qatar, another nice benefit that they had, they gave interest-free loans to their employees. I could take out a loan from them and they would just take the payments out of my check every month. In this region, people get paid monthly. So you get, it would come out of your my check every month in my payment. So I never had to worry about it. And I would just spread it out throughout the life of my contract. That's another thing. My contract in Qatar was for three years. It gives you a little bit of job security, knowing that when you come, you have a three-year contract, you will, be, you will have a job for three years. Now, things can happen and situations can change. You may not have 100% guarantee of the employment for three years, but pretty much. Usually, if there's going to be a change with your employment, it will happen at the end of your contract. So maybe they won't offer a renewal of the contract but you will at least work through the extent of your contract unless there's some sort of issue. 
that isn't any sort of security that you have in the United States because it's not based on contract. Usually employment is at will. So there was a little bit of security there knowing that I was going to be there at least for the three years for my contract. My contract then was extended an additional year than before I left Qatar. So I was there a total of four years. My contract here in Saudi is an annual contract. Every year it's up for renewal, kind of an unspoken renewal. There is no formal process, basically. If no one says that they're leaving, then you come back. (laughs) But I also have the annual flights home, even in my three-year contract before every year included in the contract was my flight to return back to the United States. Of course, it includes your flight, your original flight coming into the country, and it includes your final exit flight when you leave. Also, there are expenses in relation to your visa. You have a work visa, so the employer will pay for those expenses as far as your visa is concerned. Okay, I think that I have covered for the most part what the benefits are for moving abroad, some of the tangibles and some of the intangible things. So if this is something that appeals to you, feel free to contact me in my social media, ask me any questions that you may have, and I would be happy to answer those questions for you. Also, because I have been asked this many times about what sources there are to look for jobs in this region. So I have created a list. The list that I have includes various types of sources, although the predominant sources are for teaching jobs, because that was specifically what I was looking for. So there are some websites that are specifically for people looking for teaching positions. Some of them, though, some of the resources that I have on the list also include jobs for things other than teaching. If you're interested in that list, you can contact me on social media. You can inbox me on Instagram, and I will provide that for you. I will also try to have it available on my website, www.flippingthescript.com, where you'll be able to access that document as well. So I hope that this information has been useful for you, and maybe it has helped you to make a decision on if this is something you may pursue or not. Anyway, hopefully it will help somebody to be able to take that next step. Okay, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flippin' the Script. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. With flipping the script, so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you